My name is Megan Yoder, and I'm nine years old. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he died on the cross for our sins. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever, so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else, and why he wants you to join him. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Jesus is Better podcast. I'm Alicia Yoder, and I'm so excited about getting to know Jesus better through our stories today. He has special things to share with us so that we can enjoy our friendship with him even more. Last week, we talked about King Balak, the Moabite king who wanted a man named Balaam to curse the Israelites so he could defeat them. But God spoke to Balaam, even using a donkey. And instead of cursing the Israelites, Balaam spoke God's blessings over them. The Israelites must really have been enjoying those blessings and loving life with God, right? Well, even though Balaam had spoken God's blessings, he also gave some nasty advice to the women of Moab advice to try and turn Israel's heart away from God. While the Israelites were camped in a place called Shittim, they got to know some of the women who lived there. These women invited the Israelites to go with them and eat the sacrifices to their gods, bowing down to them. One of those gods was named Baal. God was angry with the people of Israel and said, Kill the men who have been leading the Israelites to do this, so that all of Israel won't be punished. But one of the Israelite chiefs brought one of the Baal-worshipping women to live with him, while everyone was weeping in front of the tabernacle. When Eleazar the priest's son Phineas saw it, he killed the man and woman, and the plague against the people of Israel was stopped. God said to Moses, Phineas has turned back my anger from the people because he cared about me being worshipped as the one true God. I'm making a covenant of peace with him so that his sons and their sons and their sons will always be priests because he dealt with the sin and impurity of the people. Then God told Moses and Aaron's son Eliezer to count the people again, all the men 20 years or older who would be able to go to war. So they counted each of the tribes, except for the tribe of Levi, who would work in the tabernacle. There were 601,730 of them. And God said to Moses, each of these tribes will get as their inheritance part of the land I promised to give you. The larger tribes will get a larger piece of land, and the smaller tribes will get a smaller area. 
none of the men who were counted this time had been old enough to be counted when they were at Mount Sinai, because God had said to their fathers that they would die in the wilderness because they didn't trust God to help them enter the promised land. The only men left from the first group were Caleb and Joshua, the spies who had said that God was bigger than any enemies they would have to fight. After the men were all counted, some sisters came to Moses and said, Our father died in the wilderness, but had no sons to inherit this land. Why should our father's name disappear? Give us some land with our father's brothers. So Moses asked God what to do, and he said, Those daughters are right. Give them some land for their inheritance, and tell the people of Israel that if a man doesn't have a son, the inheritance will go to his daughter. And if he doesn't have a daughter, the inheritance will go to his brothers. Then God told Moses, Go up to the mountain of Abarim and look at the land I'm giving to the people of Israel. Then your life will be finished because you didn't show my holiness to the people when you hit the rock for water. Moses said, Lord, please choose a man to lead the people, just like a shepherd cares for his sheep. So God said, Take Joshua, a man with my spirit, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eliezer the priest and all the Israelites and show them that he is the chosen leader. Give him some of your authority so that the people may obey him. He will be the one to ask me questions through the priest so that the people will know when to go out and when to come in. So that's what Moses did before all the people of Israel. Joshua was chosen, just as God showed Moses. God also told Moses to make sure the Israelites understood all about each of the offerings that needed to be offered in the tabernacle each day, on each Sabbath day, at the beginning of the month, at Passover, on the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Booths. The lambs or other animals for the offerings couldn't have anything wrong with them. During each of the feasts, they had to take a break from all their work to give the offerings and remember the Lord. Moses also told the leaders of each tribe, This is what the Lord commands. If you make a vow or promise to the Lord, you must not break it. If a woman makes a vow while she is still living with her parents and her father says nothing, she will keep her vow. But if her father doesn't want her to keep it, the Lord will forgive her for breaking her vow. If she is married and her husband doesn't want her to keep her vow, the Lord will forgive her for that too. Otherwise, she must keep her promise to the Lord. God also spoke to Moses and said, Before you die, I'd like you to lead the Israelites in fighting the Midianites. So Moses said to the people, Gather 1,000 men from each of the tribes of Israel to fight against the Midianites. So the 12,000 men went to war, along with the priests Eleazar, 
and his son Phineas, with some of the pieces of the tabernacle and silver trumpets, which they would blow for God to hear and help them. They defeated the Midianites and their kings, and also Balaam, who was with the Midianites. They burned the cities and took the women and animals and other valuable things to Moses and Eleazar the priest and all the people. Moses was angry, saying, You've killed the men, but the women were the ones who took Balaam's advice and invited you to worship their gods with them, which brought a plague on the people. Moses told the army, Camp outside the Israelites' camp for seven days and purify yourselves in anything that touched something that died. Put all the metal things through the fire and everything else must be washed with water. Then you can come back into the camp. He also had them offer some of the animals to the Lord for the tabernacle. The officers came to Moses and said, We counted every man in our army, and not one was killed. And the men from the army also brought all their gold to the Lord as an offering. Have you ever heard someone say that God is jealous? In our lives, jealousy often comes from selfishness. We wish that we had something that someone else has. But when God was a jealous father to the Israelites, it was the most loving thing he could have felt. He was jealous because he wanted to be the one to protect them. He wanted to be the one they put their hope in. He wanted to be the one they loved instead of doing whatever they felt like and worshiping idols like Baal. He didn't want their love because he was taking care of them. He wanted to let them swim in oceans of his love and let that love water flow through them as a blessing to others. But what what did they choose to do? God had just gotten done blessing them through an evil man named Balaam. And while they were camped at the bottom of the mountain, they trampled on God's offer of love, by inviting the Moabite and Midianite women to teach them how to worship Baal. And if they weren't worshiping the one true God, how were their children going to learn about him? It's as if they had turned on a room full of TVs to scary, yucky movies and put their children in the room. They were never meant to have to deal with that yucky stuff. And it kept them from being able to show others how holy God was. So he punished some of them. Eliezer, the priest's son Phineas, was jealous in a good way, jealous to protect the people. It was like he was going in and smashing those TVs in the Israelites' lives so they could turn back to God and enjoy the pictures he wanted to show them pieces of his glory and beauty. Do you remember how we talked about being called holy priests when we are joined to Jesus? We can be like Phineas, not killing people, but protecting them by being a safe friend to talk to. And when your friends do tell you about their hurts, sin, or ask you questions about God, 
You can be like a priest who brings them to Jesus. You won't try to heal them yourself, but talk to Jesus for them, inviting his power and love to help them and to help you answer their questions. Jesus took the judgment meant for us because of our sin and selfishness so that we wouldn't have to be afraid of plagues or an advancing army. Instead, we can receive his holiness and be counted as part of God's kingdom army. Not like the Israelite army that brought punishment to the Midianites, but a kingdom army that brings restoration so that when someone close to you feels broken inside, you and others who follow Jesus can encourage them that Jesus forgives and wants to rescue them from their brokenness. You can bring his light and glimpses of God's beautiful glory, whether you are at school, church, or even at the grocery store. He might even invite you to become one of the leaders in the army, like Joshua. God had put his spirit in Joshua to lead the people, to listen to him, and obey with humble confidence. He is looking for children who he can trust to obey and be led by him. People who will protect and guide those God puts under their care. Just like God protected Zelophehad's daughters and the women after them through giving them a safe place to live. You might not feel like you are brave enough to be a leader or that people don't usually listen to you. But God isn't worried about that. He wants someone who desires to obey him, listens to his wisdom through his word and the voice of his spirit in their heart, and knows that Jesus is strong enough to make it happen. Right now, it might mean following God's voice and loving the kids in your class at school or your siblings or friends at church. They're also willing to listen to, their, to the leaders in their lives and see how faithfully God has led them. Leaders like a pastor, Sunday school teacher, parent, or other adult who loves Jesus. God loves it when we want to be devoted to following him. But even that desire to obey him was never meant to happen on our own. Even the offerings the Israelites were supposed to bring weren't a test to see if they could follow the rules. They were supposed to show that as time passed, they could see how God continued to give them everything they needed, how he gave them times of rest to remember his goodness and care and to remember all he'd done and all he'd promised was still to come. Our prayers are like a sweet offering to God too. We can imagine ourselves taking someone by the hand and leading them to God's throne and asking for his mercy and love for them and for us. And when we pray, Jesus might say something like this. I love protecting and releasing you from lies that Satan has wanted you to believe. Lies that say, you aren't good enough to help people. You always mess up. You aren't worthy to be loved and accepted as a friend. I want to break those chains with my truth. 
so that you will know for certain that you are loved, forgiven, worthy through me to be called my son, my daughter, my friend. Each time you sin, it keeps people from seeing me. But again, it's not all up to you. I will continue to redeem and forgive the sins you commit against those you most love and against yourself. Jesus took the punishment so that you can receive mercy and ask for it for others. I welcome your praise and thanksgiving that comes out of that receiving that freedom. I long for my children to come home. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for being the perfect priest and king. Would you show us each day how to receive and give your love? Amen. Thanks, friends, for listening to our story today on the Jesus is Better podcast. See you next time.